All right. Yeah, big applause for all our children's ministry. So grateful for them. And uh, for the fact that this is the first time we've been back together for 12 weeks. But over the, yeah, I'm glad for that. Uh, finally, not talking to a camera three feet away from me, imagining you there, and not imagining you cooking your bacon, but actually listening. <laughs> But in this time, so grateful for our tech folks who have made 12 weeks happen for us. And so they haven't been able to hear it, but um, usually they only get people to look at them when something goes wrong, like, what's going on back there? But there's been a lot going on, so, so grateful to them. Now, some of you who are in Jacksonville and you are live streaming this morning instead of being in here, you're thinking, hmm, I think I chose well this morning because, you know, first time back together. And, and if you're not in Jacksonville, we, we've got a lake around us now. It is like pouring rain. And I thought, what's up, Lord? And then I went, it's Matt Collins' fault. What did we start with in here? Open up the heavens. And then what was our next song? spring up a well and I thought okay pick some new songs buddy there's I mean the Lord's just doing what we're asking as we sing so maybe like arise and dry or something write a new song let us swim not let us run or something I don't know but we need something new how about that all right you got your Bibles all right uh we will do, even though we're gathered here, we still have lots of folks live streaming. We are going to do our Q&A time afterwards. Heads up if you're in here. You're not imprisoned. When we're done with the message, you can leave or you can stay for the Q&A. It's Thursday night. Lots of folks left. No problem. We did go pretty long. So they went home, but we some stayed. And so we'll do Q&A again. If you have a question throughout, if you're here, you still need to text. You can't, we're not going to like give you a microphone. So you text. This is the, the number. If you have a question throughout, you can send it. All right. So Bibles, Genesis chapter 11, as we finish this section of Genesis, the problem of evil. So quick review. So far, we've looked at in Genesis that chapters 1 and 2 introduced us to the God of creation. And let me pull way back out of your memory, the beginning of the year, when we were introduced to God in creation, we discovered that he is, because something can't come from nothing, and that he is glorious. The heavens declare the glory of God. But Genesis 3 through 11 has then been the problem of evil, because Genesis 3 introduces us to an opposer. An adversary, the devil, Satan, who is a deceiver and a liar. And Adam and Eve believed the lie. And there became what had intended to be oneness with God, brokenness with God. And that brokenness resulted in an earth being filled with violence. And so God destroyed the, all of the earth with humanity and the animals on it saved Noah and all that were on the ark. And then began again. But what we're going to come to in chapter 11 today is the end of, not the end of the problem of evil, but the end of this section because next week we will see God begin something very specific and new. And chapter 11, what I love about this chapter is it's going to, in a, in a story, Give a picture into my heart and your heart and the problem of evil that lies there. And so, it's a pretty sobering story. And, and you may be tempted to go, oh, it was a long time ago, a whole bunch of different people. But actually, I think what we're going to see is, wow, that's not that much different than me. I'm going to call this a collision what we have in Genesis 11, a collision between God and man. And it's almost like this chapter is an accident report of this collision. But it's a head-on collision. God going one way and humanity going another way. So if you're there, Genesis chapter 11, I'm going to read for us the accident report. But before I do... We have to know why this collision took place. Uh, in other words, what direction is God going that caused man 
to run smack into him. Well, what we discover, God's first command to mankind after he created Adam and Eve, he said this, be fruit, God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Now, that's not just a throwaway verse. Can I have your eyes for a moment? See, I can say that now. <laughs> this is what God from his heart is saying. This is what I want from you. I want you to do what? I want you to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. And it's not just for Adam and Eve. After all of humanity is wiped out, save Noah, when it's Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their wives, you know what he says to them? As they start all over, Genesis 9-1, God blessed Noah. It's almost a repeat of what he said to Adam and Eve. God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So the intent of God, this is where if you think God's traveling as if God's traveling down a road, the road he's traveling down full speed is that you and I would be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Now, what I hope to help you with right now is, why is that so important to him? Why does he want us to be fruitful and fill the earth? And let me give you a statement, and then I'll explain. I think he wants to, no, no, just strike that. I'm sure he wants us to be fruitful and fill the earth because of this. When those who are created in the image of God, and who is created in the image of God? All humanity created an image of God. That's an important truth in our current day, right? When those created in the image of God live under the authority of God. In other words, when they live as he created them to live. One with him, under him. You know what happens? They fill that portion of the earth with the glory of God. See, the heavens declare the glory of God, but nothing reveals the glory of God like those created in the image of God living under the authority of God. That wherever they would go, they would fill that portion of the earth with the glory of God. So, when you created the image of God, go off to college, and you live under the authority of God, you fill that portion of that college with the glory of God. You see that? And so... To be fruitful is to simply say, husband and wife, by God's grace, have children who will grow up under the authority of God. And then do what? Send them out to fill the earth so that wherever they go, they fill that portion of the earth with the glory of God. Now, the glory of God can sometimes feel a little mystical. In the Old Testament, there's two pictures of the glory of God. One is of great light, and another is smoke. But the glory of God is actually much more tangible than that. It's a person living in obedience to him. That's the glory of God on the planet. It's a husband and wife living under the authority of God so that people go, wow, God. It's a family living under the authority of God so that people go, wow, God. It's a church, Christian Family Chapel, living under the authority of God so that a community can go, wow. It's a, it can be an ugly world, but what a great God. We see truth. We see grace. We see love. We see kindness. We see compassion. We see God, why? Because people created in his image are living under his authority, and so we see him. You see where God's going? And where does he want that to go? All across the planet. That's God's intent. Fill the earth with his glory. Now the accident report. Now the whole earth, Genesis 11, 1, now the whole earth used the same language and the same words. It came about as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. Watch. They said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used brick for stone and they used tar for mortar. 
And they said, come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven and let us make for ourselves a name. Otherwise, what will happen? Otherwise, we'll be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. You see what's happening? What did God say he wanted? Be fruitful and fill. And what are they saying? <laughs> Let's stay together. Collision course, head on. Purposes of God, plans of man. So their plans in Genesis 11, those first four verses, they plan to make bricks and mortar. They put their minds together. Men created in the image of God, smart. They go, let's make brick, let's make mortar. We, we can figure out how to make stones ourselves and glue to make them stick together. And, and let's take those stones and let's take those glue, that glue, and let's build two things. Let's build a city and let's build a tower, a really, 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 really tall tower. It goes how high? What did it say? Into the heaven. Did you notice why they want to make bricks and mortar? Why they want to build a city? Why they want to build a tower? What, what, what was behind this? Yeah, two things are behind this. They want to make a name for themselves. And they want to avoid being scattered. Make a name. Man, who are those people? People of Shannara have built that tower. Wow. They must be smart. They must be ingenious. And if we can like stay together. See, I don't know that we, we want to move to the suburbs. They wanted to stay in the city because the city represented protection. We don't want to scatter. That's risky. We want to stay together. That's safe. Do you see the accident report? God from all eternity gone. I want you to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. <laughs> oh, we want to make a name for ourselves and stay together. So what's God do? The Lord came down to see the city. Don't miss the little jab in that. Let me see, is that, what is that? Legoland? The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, behold, there are one people and they have all the same language. And this is what they began to do. And now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. True or false? Nothing which they do will be impossible. True or false? <laughs> yeah. God's like, oh no, what are we going to do? Oh, these smart people outsmarted me. Oh, it's what they think. They think we don't need God. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language. See, he knows he can do one thing and it'll stop it all. Come, let us go down and there and fuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the whole earth and they stopped building the city. Folks, do you understand? All these plans, all this brilliance, and then one day came screeching to a halt. I mean, could really anything cause our world to come screeching to a halt? Isn't that so funny? I, I could have said that in January and we were like, no, not that I know of. And now we're sitting in June going, oh yeah, I know of something. <laughs> God can take something and, and break, put the brakes on whatever we got going. He stopped the building of the city and therefore its name was called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the whole earth. So their goal was to make a name for themselves and not scatter and he says, I know what I'll do. I'll confuse their language and scatter them.
Now, this is more than just an event a long time ago. This is insight. This is a picture of you and I. Either getting in the current and direction that God is going, or those times where you and I go, no, this is what I want to do, Lord. So this is actually a great passage for us. Because think about it. Who in here wants to do a head-on collision with God? Why don't you want to do a head-on collision with God? Yeah, because in reality, you know what's true? He drives a bigger truck. In our terms, he, you're dually, you're all dually. In other words, you don't want to be on a head-on with God because he will always He'll always win. So we got to ask ourselves, is it possible that we could be heading against God? Some, there's some powerful, timeless realities that we should take from this text. First, God sees what we do, and God sees why we do what we do. And we tend to get stuck with, well, I'm, doing, I'm not doing anything wrong. That's the easier question than I'm doing everything right, right? I don't think I'm doing anything wrong, so I'm good. I'm not going to do a head-on with God. But he sees not only what we do, he sees why we do it. And this is important. I don't know if you've thought about this from Genesis 11, but was it wrong for them to make bricks and mortar? Yes or no? No, there, there is no admonition. Thou shalt not make bricks nor mortar. It actually, was it wrong for them to build a city or even to build a tower? No. No, no admonition or command. Thou shalt not build city, city nor tower. So what is God addressing? He is addressing the heart behind the plans. And you and I are so, this is what Jesus said, you guys are so caught up with what goes into a man. You need to be much more aware of what comes out of a man because what comes out comes out of the heart. And what, what God is confronting is the pride. I'll make a name for myself. And the fear I don't want to be scattered. I don't want to be dependent upon the Lord. Let's build a city we can be dependent upon. We can solve this ourselves by making a city and protecting ourselves. And so there's plenty of things that you and, may and, you and I may go, well, that's not wrong. And it may not be. The question is, but why are you doing what you're doing? Is it pride? Is it fear? Is it to be independent of God? So let me throw out some real examples. Is it wrong to, to accumulate a retirement account? Yes or no? It's not that easy, is it? On the surface, no. Underneath, maybe. Maybe. Maybe I, I don't want to have to be dependent. Maybe I don't want the rest. Maybe I'm going to go, no, I, I will provide for myself. I don't have to live by faith. It's wrong to live in a big house. Suddenly you're like, mm, I'm not answering these things anymore. See, this is, this, is, this is what I couldn't see with the camera. I couldn't see with the camera when you're like, okay, I'm just listening right now. Is it, wrong? is it wrong to live in a big house? No, but maybe, certainly. Does anybody try to build a house, live in a house to make a name for themselves? They live where they live to make a name or drive what they drive to 
Make a name for themselves? Accumulate what they accumulate to make a name? It's about putting my name on it? Oh, hey, I'll make it real. Wrong, wrong, wrong for the pastor to live on the river? Hmm, you've asked yourself that. Uh-huh, oh, he's one of those guys. Is it wrong? Maybe. We had to ask ourselves that big time. Why? If you have a business, is it wrong for you to put your name on the business? Making a name for yourself? Is that wrong? I mean, Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Okay, then that's okay. <laughs> you, see, you understand what I'm saying? Are you with me? We go, no, there's no direct command that says that, but maybe because it may be an issue of, yeah, underneath that bricks and mortar, underneath that city and tower is pride, a desire to make a name for myself, or underneath that is that I am driven by fear. Hey, now we'll really get you a few of you mad. Wrong to homeschool? <laughs> no, but can I get any maybe in the room? <laughs> if you're upset, Matt C at cfcjacks.com. <laughs> Is it? Hey, I've seen, and I don't know the intent of a heart, but you got to ask yourself do I live where I live? Do I do what I do? Do I send my kids where I send them? To further the filling of the earth with the glory of God? Or to make my name great? Or because I'm afraid to trust God in things that are really, really important to me? See, there's all sorts of, wow. Why do I do what I do? And, and you see the collision. You, can you ask yourself now as you think about the real decisions in your life, the real big decisions in your life, how they relate to, am I driving down the road of this is for the purpose, I'm joining with God, I have in my heart by where we live, what I do, what I name, what I do with my kids, where I send my kids, it's all about I'm joining with God, with being fruitful and multiplying and filling the earth. Or no, I, I, this is about our name, our families. You need to grow up and be successful because that sheds light on me. You can't fail because that sheds light on me. You see what happens? It's, this is a great revealer of the heart. So, how's this work then for believers? Well, Paul gives us an insight in 1 Corinthians 3 of a, a judgment seat for believers. Uh, not the great white throne judgment where those who have not trusted in Jesus whose names are not written in the book of life, Revelation 20, but 1 Corinthians 3, a judgment of the believer. And it says there in verse 13, each man's work will become evident for the day will show it because it's to be revealed with fire and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. Now let me explain. Usually when we see fire in the Bible and Judgment, we think, hell. This is not the fires of hell. This is not punishment for sin. Because the power of the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ is that all the punishment, all the wrath of God that I deserve because of my sin has been taken out of the way, having been nailed to the cross. And as I have trusted in Jesus, all of my sin, past, present, and future has been paid for. So this is not the purifying of me, of my sin. That's 
what Jesus did. This is all the good stuff that I've done. Testing, what did it say? The, the quality. In other words, not what you did, but why you did what you did. And when the fire comes, one of two things is going to happen. Next verse. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, if the fire tests the quality and it proves good, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. But he himself, what, will be saved. See, this is not about our salvation. He'll be saved, yet as so as through fire. That which I have done for the glory of God will survive the test of the fire and what will happen? There will be a reward. And you know what the scripture says I'll do with that reward? <laughs> I will lay it down at the feet of Jesus. And, you know, when you first hear about it, you think, well, that's so stupid. Why would I be given a reward and then give it right back? And it's very clear to me. I wouldn't hold on to it because I didn't do it and I didn't do it for me. He did it and it was done for him. And so if he did it and it was done for him, the reward belongs to him. And so our greatest joy in eternity will be to take that which we are given for what we have done for the glory of God, filling the earth with the glory of God on this planet, that reward given to us, it will be our great joy to lay it down at the feet of Jesus because it will be evidence that we did with our life what God intended. We were fruitful and we filled the earth with his glory. With obedience to him, out of love for him. So what do you do if you go home going, wow, that's a huge question. What do I... Not what do I do, but why do I do the things that I do? Well, I want you to join me with the psalmist. Search me, O oh God. Know my heart. You see, sometimes we need the Lord, Lord. I can deceive myself. You know my heart. Search me. Know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any hurtful way in me. Because listen, whenever I do even good things out of pride or fear, it ends up hurting people. It might not be evident immediately, but if it comes from pride or fear in the long run, it will always bring hurt. See if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the, don't miss this, the everlasting way. In other words, lead me in the way that it will cause me to live life for that which will last, that which will survive the purifying fire of the judgment seat. Lead me in a way so that my works won't just get burned up as having wasted my life, making a name for myself, having wasted my life, being hemmed in by my fear, but lead me in a way that will cause me to live life that will last for all eternity. I encourage you, let's ask the Lord, search us, know us, reveal hurtful ways, and lead us in eternal ways. That's a prayer he wants to answer if you ask him. Second timeless truth. God will oppose the proud. He will oppose the proud. Always has, always will. They want to make a name for themselves. They think we're unstoppable. We figured this out. Bricks and mortar cities and towers and he opposes them. And then there's a generations later, 
a king who is leading the greatest nation on the planet at the time, the Babylonians. And they have built great cities and great towers. And their king at that time, Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 4 is recorded to walk out on his palace rooftop. And he reflects and says, is this not Babylon the great? True or false, by the way? Yeah, that's true. Babylon was great at the time. Is this not Babylon the great, which I myself has, have built as a royal residence by the might of my power and for the glory of my majesty? Folks, you ever had something come out of your mouth that you're like, oh, I wish I could take it back? <laughs> Never more than this moment for Nebuchadnezzar. Because the text says... Because he said, not that it was great, because it was great. Because he said, said he did it by his power and for his glory. When, while the word was in the king's mouth, a voice came from heaven saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is declared. Sovereignty, that greatness, gone. I can shut it down like that. I can take it away like that. It's been removed from you. And you will be driven away from mankind and your dwelling place will be with the beast of the field. You'll be given grass to eat like cattle and seven periods of time will pass over you until you recognize. And here's what we all, don't miss this. Lord, help us to recognize this. That the most high is ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows it on whomever he wishes. Our hearts so need to recognize this this morning. Because you and I just, when our world starts to unravel, we, we always run to, how do I get something under control? How do I get this in control? And you know what the Lord is saying? You don't. You trust the one who is the ruler, the sovereign ruler over all mankind. And you trust that he does with all whatever he wishes. Yeah, Babylon was great. But it wasn't because you made it great. It was because I chose to make it great and I chose to use you. This is so good for us. Because have you ever been tempted to look at something you've done, an accomplishment, something you've built, even if you think, no, but that, that was for the church, that was for, and then went, wow, I, I, I was really smart there. I was really creative. I was really strong. I was really diligent. I was really hardworking there. And to start to put your name on something that God has done. This is the lesson for us. Because anytime I begin to put my name on what God has done, I am becoming Nebuchadnezzar. I am becoming the tower builders of Genesis 11. And I am a fool to think that God's going to wink and ignore If God made you smart, don't deny being smart. Just never put your name on your smart. God made me smart. It was the power of Eric Little, the Olympian runner. Was he fast? Yeah, he was fast, like Olympic worldwide fast. And it was not humility to say, no, I'm just really not that fast. Yes, you're fast, like wildly fast. It's not humble to say it's not true. What's humble? To say, it is true, and God's the one who made it true, and therefore God is the one who deserves the glory for it being true. There's no humility in denying the truth. That's robbing God of what he has done in the same way that putting your name on it is robbing God. So if God has made you fast, God has made you smart, if God has made you to make piles of money, then go, it's true. but it's 100% the Lord. And you know what? The one who can give it can take it away. 
so it's grace. It's 100% God's grace. Generations later, Acts chapter 12. On an appointed day, Herod, having put on his royal apparel, took his seat on the rostrum and began delivering an address to them. So Herod, a public speaker, starts speaking. And here's what happens. The people, as he spoke, kept crying out, the voice of a God and not of a man. The voice of a God and not a man. The voice of a God, not a man. In other words, man, that was awesome. You're a great speaker. Way to go. That was so good. Oh, man, awesome. Way to It was like God. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not. See, he didn't go actively out and go, hey, look what I did. But when people tried to heap it on him, he, he was passive. He didn't go, oh no, oh no. That was the Lord. What happened? He didn't die and get eaten by worms. He was eaten by worms and died. I'd rather die and get eaten by worms. What's my point? God always opposes the proud. He did at the tower. He did with Nebuchadnezzar. He did with Herod. And you and I would be fools to think that somehow we could live in a way to make a name for ourselves. And God is not going to have a head-on collision with us. And he always drives a bigger truck. Third, God will fill the earth with his glory by scattering his people. He will. And we're going to, their whole goal, we're not going to scatter. By verse 9, what have they done? Scattered. He will. See, this is God's intent. And the thing about God's intent is it happens. Whether we join him <laughs> or he works to run us down. Seriously. Last night, Jesus was with his disciples. The night he gets arrested. The night before he gets crucified. You know what he prays? Father, I do not ask you to take them out of the world but to keep them from the evil one. I ask you, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Jesus recognizes that in your heart, in my heart, is this, watch, this desire to not saturate this world but to isolate from it. And he's going, Father, it's not what I'm praying for. That's not what you want. I don't want you. I'm not wanting them to isolate. I didn't isolate. I saturated. And as you sent me to saturate, I want them to saturate. But so much in my heart and your heart and so much in the church is this. Now let, let's not scatter. Why? Well, oftentimes it's simply because in the heart of you and I is we're just afraid to saturate. We want to stay together. And so we start every Christian thing imaginable. Christian gym, Christian team, Christian club, everything. Why? Because I don't want to scatter. I want the safety of being together. Do you understand that your desires are running exactly against the prayers of Jesus in that moment? I'm not asking you, Father, to take them out of the world, but to, as they are in the world, protect them from the opposer so that they would be in but not of, so that they would saturate but not be like. Saturated and sanctified. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but what was the first command of God? Remember, we started with it. Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. The first command of God. You remember the last command of Jesus? 
You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. I don't know. Did you ever connect that? From the first command to the last command. What is on the heart of God? Filling the earth with his glory. Not some smoke or light, but filling the earth with people who are created the image of God, living under the, the authority of God, so as to fill that portion of the earth with the glory of God. Jesus says, it's going to start here, and then I want you to, what's the word? Scatter. I want you to fill. So what happened? Acts chapter 2, Holy Spirit comes, fills them with power. Peter gives testimony. And what happens? Two, yeah, two, three thousand. Three thousand. Three thousand lights come on. People who are created in the image of God, who aren't living under the authority of God, move under the authority of God. They believe, they're born again, and three thousand lights come on, if you want to know what I mean by lights come on, in Jerusalem. And then it, not, it doesn't just stop there. It says in Acts chapter 2 that day by day, more and more people are believing. More and more lights in Jerusalem. And it's exactly what... what is, so it starts in Jerusalem. And then in just a chapter 2 later, it goes from the 3,000 plus the daily, now another 5,000. Man, the momentum's ready to just roll. But you know what doesn't happen? They don't scatter and fill. They stay in Jerusalem. Until in Acts chapter 7, Stephen gets killed for his faith. They literally throw stones at him for what he preached. And because of that, Acts chapter 1, uh, I, don't, I don't want you to miss this. This is Acts 1-8, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, other most parts of that. Acts chapter 8-1, it finally gets out of Jerusalem. And on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all, say it, they're all scattered throughout the regions of, huh, like Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Why? Because what's the timeless truth? God will scatter his people in order to fill the earth with the glory of God. So we can go and send, or we can get scattered. But God's going to do it. See, it doesn't have to happen through persecution. Acts chapter 13, the Holy Spirit, the leaders of the church in Antioch, after it scattered that far, they're there. And the Holy Spirit says to them as they are fasting and praying, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they, they sent them away. To, to do what? <laughs> to fill the earth with the glory of God so that they would go to a city prepare declare the gospel. The gospel being heard, people would believe and be born again. People in the creating the image of God filled with the glory of uh, living now under the authority of God would fill that portion of the glory. And Ephesus and Philippi and Thessalonica and Athens. Do you see what God's doing? And the question is, and I'm not asking us as a church right now, I'm asking us individually, husbands and dads as pastors of your home, what are you doing? Are you in God's lane, going his direction? Are you got some things that are running against him? He sees what we do and why we do it. He'll always oppose us when we're proud. And he will scatter his people to fill the earth with his glory. So 
I want to invite you through here, live stream, really in the, in the home, whatever's going on there. Would you, could you just stop for a moment and ask yourself by praying to the Lord this. Really, this is a prayer I want to invite you to ask the Lord, God, how are my desires and plans colliding with your purpose? In other words, what are you asking them to do? You're asking them to reveal. Is there pride that's colliding? Is there fear that's colliding? And I'm not asking you to think of necessarily sinful things you're doing. But maybe things that wouldn't necessarily be sinful. But they're running against God. Would you bow? Would you ask the Lord? Really, this is an expression. Psalm 139. Search me, O God. Invite him to search your heart and reveal to you any hurtful way. Anyway, pride is seeking to build your kingdom, not his. Maybe you would Ask the Lord, is there is fear causing me to shrink back? A fear that's resulting in my home's not being filled with the glory of God. Because I'm afraid to lead, or I'm afraid to submit, or I'm afraid to love. Or your work's not being filled with the glory of God because you're there to make a name for yourself not to make God's name great Holy Spirit I want to ask that in this moment of quietness as your people invite you to search their hearts and to reveal any hurtful way God would you do that you reveal something to you would would you repent in other words would you agree with him Lord you're right I confess that and turn from it if you've been robbing taking credit that belongs to the Lord Confess that to him. Maybe you've been more like Herod and just been passive and and not passed it to the Lord. Confess that. With a humble heart, I wonder if you would say this to the Lord right now. God, I present my body to you to be your instrument in filling the earth with your glory.
such a beautiful picture when we think we can not just be neutral in this, but we really can get in the lane with God because he says, not only is this my desire, but I pour my spirit into your heart so that you do not have to shrink back in fear. I'll give you all you need to do all I've said that we would repent of our passivity, we would repent of our own kingdom building, and we would go, God, man, I sometimes lose it, but it's clear in my mind now why I'm here and what you're doing. And I wanna engage, I wanna saturate and be sanctified, to live under your authority, so that my home really would begin to be filled with the glory of God and my work would be filled with the glory of God. You might be the only person there. And can I encourage you? Don't try and get out of there and get where a bunch of other people are. Go, thank you, God, for putting me here. Strengthen me to be your light in this portion of the world. In a school, for the glory of God. At work, for the glory of God. You don't, need, you don't need a more Christian street. Be light on the street God has placed you. It's actually why you're there. Because God intends to scatter his people to fill the earth with his glory. What an incredible privilege to be his instrument. Friends, I know repentance is daily because it's easy to get back to my kingdom and to get controlled by my fears. It's easy. It's a well-worn path for lots of us, our pride and our fear. So Lord, I repent and I see it clearly. Your glory, your presence, your power. God bless. Thanks for being here. Uh, here we go. Hang for 60 seconds, a minute, two minutes, however it takes us, turn around, and then we'll do a Q&A. If you're ready to go, no problem. It's not the spiritual people are staying, all right? That, that's not what's happening. So you're free to go. You're free to stay. You're free to click off. You're free to stay on. We love the Q&A, but do whatever's good for you today. All right? Thanks. God bless.